Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Collecting Issues, where this week we'll be taking a look at Once and Future, Volume 2, Collecting Issues 7 to 12 of the 2019 Boom Comics <laughs> series by Kieran Gill and Dan Mora. And yeah, that's it. I got it. Tamara Bonvillain. Tamara Bonvillain. Which is a great name. Very good. Very good name. Good baddie is what that means. I don't know if that's a real name. Benjamin. Yes. It's a comic from Boom Studios. Boom Studios. I got that wrong. Sorry. Boom Studios. And I think it's by noted actress Karen Gillan, not Kieran Gillan. She's, she's a bit mad, isn't she, Karen Gillan? She's always writing comics. This is her male pseudonym. What's, what's the deal? What's the her deal? Her nom de plume. Ben, of course, we're doing a joke. Benjamin. Yes. This is the second volume so if people haven't read the first volume they might go back to one of our older episodes on Once and Future Volume 1 Once and Future Volume 1 I believe it was called yes. and listen to that first what do you think do you think that's a good recommendation I think that's a good recommendation go give it a read Michael and then go give us a listen and then when you're all when you're all ready to go when you're all geared yeah. up for just a little bit more collecting issues because there's never enough there's never enough well, there's a whole bloody new episode waiting for you a whole new episode or you can listen to any of the other ones of Collecting Issues the bi-weekly comic book book club Benjamin yeah there's all sorts of King Arthur stuff going on but now Benjamin I have to say one of our strengths as a podcast is not your organisational skills heavens no because heavens heavens above and below heavens above heck below Ben you handed this to me about 20 minutes ago (laughs) and said here quick read that there's a podcast and I said well all right, I'll give it a shot and Benjamin, what I'm going to need you and what you're going to need to do for me and for the listeners is catch us up real quick on what Once in Future Volume 1, what was going on in it? What are the themes? What are the King Arthurs? What are the tones? Yeah, that's fair enough. So, Michael, this is based on, the, uh, this is from, it's not based on anything. It's from the Once in Future series from Boom Studios. Volume 1 introduces to our motley crew of characters, Michael. We had Duncan, who is the proverbial hero. He's a ginger man. He's a bloody ginger man, Michael. He's having a bit of an awkward date with a rose. Rose becomes very important, Michael. Mm, she seems to have some sort of mystical powers. She does indeed. And then the most important character that we're introduced, probably, Michael, in that one is El Gertrude. Granny Weatherwax. Granny Weatherwax, by any other name. Um, and yeah. she's, she's a bloody tough-talking Irish grandma. What's her name? I don't think it is Gertrude, it's Ben. It's Gertrude. It's, uh, oh, you've, you've cooked me because you said Gertrude it's, at the start and that's what got into my head. It's yeah, Bridget. Yeah, it's Bridget McGuire. Bridget. Old Granny Weatherwax herself. Old, old Granny Weatherwax herself. So, Michael, I suppose the only other important character there is only bloody King Arthur. Mm, I've heard of him, Ben. I think he did a sword into or out of a stone. Yeah, it came out of a stone, Michael. Out of a stone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in this world, Michael, stories are kind of predatory things searching for outlets. Um, And one should be very careful, Michael, when invoking a story, because they're twisty, timey-wimey, bubbly-dubbly things, and they'll they'll pretty creep out and get you, Michael. Yeah, I forgot about that, Ben. I have to say, 
when I picked this up and you said about 20 minutes ago, quick, read this. And I said, OK, I'll give it a quick read. My first thought was, who's this ginger fella? I remember Granny Weatherwax or whatever her name is. And I even remembered Rose. But the male hero is a bit bloody indistinct, isn't he? That's the whole point, Michael. He's the hero with a thousand faces. That's the whole thing, Michael. It doesn't is matter that who the they... whole thing? Yeah. yeah, Michael. Duncan is the least important character, arguably, in this. He's the least important, Ben, because at the end, when they say... um. Oh, so now I'm I'm Beowulf and Percival. I went, oh yeah, he was Percival. I, I forgot, forgot he was Percival. Percival. I forgot he was Percival. Ben, is he Percival? Uh, so he's a little bit of everything, Michael. Um, in in very much in the sense that basically stories are very malleable in the same way. So if you find yeah. someone that that fits the criteria, shall we say? Mm. of the character that you want to represent. You can shove them into the story, Michael, and see how it plays out. Once you fit the mold of a character within one of the predatory stories, yes, you can influence it because the story kind of accepts you as one of its own. Oh, so you can go, I'm Percival now, and the story goes, ah, yeah, fair enough. Ah, yeah, fair enough. And then it bends the knee, so to speak. And right. uh, you, can kind of, you can kind of have a go at saving the day once that happens. Yes. Um, one of the things that I think this series does very well, Michael, is that it, it really gives a, a good old boost of vim, vigor and blood and gore to the the myths that we've kind of all become very desensitized to. Yes, poor old Galahad got chopped in half. Yes, poor old Galahad, Galahad got an old chopping, Michael. So uh, there are other characters in this. There's uh, Bridget's daughter, uh, Elaine. Yeah, Mary. Mary, so she's Mary originally, and then she assumes the role of Elaine, who is a lover to Lancelot, and she then, through influencing the story in that way, bears the child Galahad, who is a replacement for Duncan. Oh, that's how he's his stepbrother. Yeah, Duncan was stolen away from her by by Bridget, who was just there going, nah. I'm not. Oh, I'm bad. not having this. This is bad. You're trying to influence the story. You're trying to bring King Arthur back. I'll be having less of mm. that because her and her family, Michael, are kind of guardians against the stories, if you will. Yeah, King Arthur in this is very skeletony. He's a real skeleton. He's he's a real skeleton boy, Michael. He's a very sinister form of the myth, um, and I suppose it's probably influenced, Michael, by the by the phrase "le mort d'Arthur," which is a, a famous. Um, which is a famous retell- French retelling of the Arthurian myth. Le Mort Arthur, of course, meaning death of Arthur or death oh, Arthur. No. Um, I hope he's okay. And I suppose that's probably influenced the influence. Uh, that's probably influenced the bloody scary stuff there. It's fascinatingly drawn as usual, Michael. Big bold psychedelic colors. Benjamin. Yes. I'm coming at you with more Arthurian questions. Okay. I'm coming at you, and now please, all I'm asking. Is that you don't make up some bullshit. Okay. That's all I'm asking. Benjamin. Yes. What in the hell is a siege perilous? The siege perilous, Michael, is... Now, Benjamin. What? Don't fucking make up some bullshit. I'm not. I looked it up. Okay, very good. Fucking prick. (laughs) It's a good podcast dynamic. The siege perilous, Michael, is the empty seat left at the round table for the knight who finally completes the quest for the Holy Grail. Get out of here, is it? There you go. So that's what is the that siege perilous is. Is that what the siege perilous, perilous is? is? Yeah. Doesn't sound like bullshit, does it? No, that sounds quite believable. But yeah. that is my, that's my biggest worry with you sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody peddles bullshit quite like you, Colby. <laughs> 
because Marvel are always talking about the Siege Perilous as well. Are they? Yeah, they're, it's in the Captain Britain stuff. Ah, get out of town. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the first time I've ever heard Siege Perilous, but that was the first time I've ever seen it in action. Yeah, the old, the old Captain Tan had it in his storylines as well, yeah, I suppose. Who's Captain Tan? It's Captain oh, Britain. fucking hell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that went whoosh right over the top of my head then. Bloody oh, hell. Michael, that was worth its weight in gold. Right, moving on from there. Uh, so yes, yeah, the Siege Perilous best. Um, in Arthurian legend is the seat uh, held for the greatest of knights uh, for, for when they complete the the quest for the Holy Grail. Oh, that's very clever. And Galahad's like, that's me. And everyone else is like, it's probably not, but just let him sit in and see what happens. Just let him sit in and see what happens. Now, obviously, Michael, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, one of the things that this does very well is it, it, it amps the gore up to 11, Michael. Yeah, 1100. Uh, and I tell you what, that little uh, opening bloody uh, bloody prologue, Michael, where Galahad sits in the Siege Perilous. Ooh. Ooh. He goes all melty. Oh, he goes all melty, Michael. The Siege Perilous seems to be a bit of a monster machine. Yeah, it looks very sore. Yeah, it looks very sore. So he undergoes that. And then we catch up with bloody uh, Duncan, who's just murdered a pixie. Yeah, off screen. Ben. Yes. They bring the old... Um, we get a lot of Beowulf in this. We do. Tons and tons of Beowulf. I have to say, I wasn't expecting it. You Were you not? I wasn't, because I had no reason to expect it. Why would I? Why would you? Why would I expect it? Because Why Ben, on Collecting Issues, the comic book, the bi-weekly comic book book club, we read every Collecting Issues as though it were its own thing. And I've never heard, I didn't know much about this comic book other than I've read the previous one. Yes. And i tell you what, Ben. I love that scene where Beowulf was introduced and he came and he had a He-Man versus Skeletor fight with evil King Arthur. That's what he had. He had a big bloody He-Man versus Skeletor fight, Michael. It was so good. I, I know for a fact Dan Mora was sitting there going, oh, I'm going to make him look like bloody He-Man. <laughs> I'm going to make him look like He-Man and King Arthur's going to look like Skeletor and He-Man's going to give him a big headbutt. And then we're going to get a scraggly, horrible Merlin and he's going to come in and go, oh, everybody stop fighting. It's me, Merlin. Yeah, they have like a train spotting style Merlin in this comic. It's very interesting. Yeah, very strange. Very strange indeed. It's very Benjamin, interesting. Yeah. I really enjoy the vibe of every all the characters just being like confused old people. The, oh, oh Alzheimer's a, a muck in this particular yeah. comic, Michael. It see that's mm. the wonderful thing. As I said earlier, they're they're all malleable legends, Michael, and they all kind of exist in a haze until they're given mm. solid form. And so a lot yeah. of these characters are kind of like, oh, I'm gonna do this now, I think. I reckon yeah. what do you think? Am I think? a Merlin? Are you a Merlin? I think we bloody are. I uh, I recognise you, but I'm not sure who you are. Who are you? And, ben. Yeah. Now, before you answer this question, please, I'd like a, a real answer, not some of your traditional makey uppy bullshit. <laughs> Benjamin, yeah. is there any connection between Beowulf and King Arthur before this, or has has Karen actress the actress Karen, Karen Gillan come up with this idea? So, uh, no, there's not. There's not a. There's not like a crossover a connection or anything like that, other than. Beowulf is an old English epic poem, Michael. It, it, mm. It's it's in the it, it's in the tapestry of British myth, so to speak, uh, much earlier than King but, Arthur. But the funny thing about this is, it kind of isn't. Is something I learned from this, and that may that might be making up Kieran Gillen bullshit, or that might be true. Like go but on there. Now. I, I really like I really like this idea that it was essentially forgotten. 
it was a forgotten poem and it wasn't very important and a single manuscript of it was rediscovered and that made it re-enter public consciousness. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a little bit, Michael, like um, the Epic of Gilgamesh. From Marvel's The Eternals. Yeah, exactly. From Marvel's The Eternals because as we all know, culture is really born from Marvel. Yes, uh, but get out the of here, Boom <laughs> Studios. The Epic of Gilgamesh is a Sumerian legend and that was found on a tablet in 1889 in Iraq. The olden days. The olden days, Michael. And uh, that was very exciting for people. And that has the the story of the King Gilgamesh and uh, Enkidu, the monster. And uh, it's a kind of a classic. But this is very much in the same way, Michael. It, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big deal until it was found and then suddenly re-emerges as now the... Now it's back. Thing, yeah. Now it's very old, Michael. That's Gilgamesh, Ben. I'm showing you. Oh, you showing me Gilgamesh? Oh, look at him. Look there at he is. He's a little that, action man. That's supposed to be Gilgamesh. That's Gilgamesh. Yeah, Gilgamesh is the Korean actor in the upcoming Marvel uh, Eternals movie. Get out of town. Get out. He's of Gilgamesh. Town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very good. Very good. So, Michael, the the thing about this is it's very much forgotten and this one is very disputed. So, most people think that the tale originates around 700 to 1000 AD. They can't quite pin it down. Right. In there. So, it's, it's very much in dispute. And then the other thing is the manuscript that we get it from is called the, the, the Cotton Vitellius. Oh, that sounds interesting. And that's 975 to 1010 AD. Right. So they think the myth itself takes place around 700 AD to 1000 AD, but the actual manuscript documenting it didn't come around till uh, 1010 AD. But one of the plot points of this comic is, was it ever even a myth? It's like, maybe it's not a myth, it's just a poem. It's just a poem. Everyone's like... Get out of here. You're just a poem. You're in the wrong place. And as Bridget said, you're not even a good one. You don't even rhyme. Don't even rhyme. You're one of the worst poems. You're worse than that one. What's that one about all the heaven and shit from, um, the, you know, your man? Had I the heavens Par- embroidered Par- cloth? Paradise, oh, Paradise pa- Lost. Paradise Lost. Sorry, I thought you were WB yeah, yatesing me. No, that's the one I was thinking of. Benjamin, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. I really liked the 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 the... The, the Beowulf stuff. Uh, Michael, if you walked down a, yeah. a certain street... Memory Dublin, Lane. Par- Parliament Street. Or not Parliament Street, yeah. bloody Parnell Street in Dublin, Michael. You might find yeah. yourself outside the door of an establishment known as Fibber McGee's. I know it well. And Michael, if you were to walk into Fibber McGee's on any given night of the week, you'd find a whole bunch of people who looked an awful lot like Beowulf. Oh yeah, he's got all the... He's got a, he's just a big smelly rocker man. He's a big smelly rocker man, Michael. That's all he is. Um, I have to say, Michael, I thoroughly enjoyed Beowulfdom. Yes, Benjamin, I really enjoyed this, I have to say. Oh, good. This was... We've had some stinkers here on Collecting Issues, the bi-weekly comic book book club. We have. But this was one of my favourites. This was a this was a romp a minute. It was a romp a minute. That's precisely what it is, Michael. So poor L, uh, poor. It turns out that poor L Bridget is in a home, Michael. Yeah. Oh, did we not know that? Uh, no, we did, but uh, we never saw the setting of the home very well, and we finally get okay. it fleshed out a bit. So poor L Bridget has been sidelined by Duncan, who's like, "Gran, you're not coming with me. You're an old woman." Yeah, I'll do all the heroine now. I'm Percival or whatever. And I've got Rose and she can pinpoint things for me on a map with a bunch of pins. It's grand. Literally pinpoint. Literally pinpoint. Literally pinpoint. I think that's that's the joke. 
Yes, I, I do believe so. So anyway, he's going around doing stuff. And then, of course, the story ends up finding Gran because uh, Merlin, that sneaky old so-and-so, has Nimue or Elaine. So she's transitioned again. So she's Mary, Elaine, and now she's Nimue. Yeah, non-stop messing out of her. Non-stop messing out of her. She's just doing it to survive, you see. She's fitting herself into the story in whatever way she can uh, so she can keep going. And she goes and she steals one of the Beowulf manuscripts. I think it's the Cotton Vitellius that I was just telling you about. And oh. she hands that over and invokes Beowulf. And Beowulf comes out. And initially, he's going to be like, oh, I'm going to kick the shit out of Arthur. Ha, ta, 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 ta. Um, yeah. And then Merlin pulls a bloody switcheroo. And he's like, oh, Camelot's been laid low by, by a villain. And yes, that, and that villain works with his mother, and I was like, "Oh, very good." Yeah, it's all good. Very and, good. And it's it's basically Duncan and Bridget become Grendel and Grendel's mother. Yes, in as far myth. as Beowulf is concerned. So, not only can you fit yourself into the story, Michael, you can twist other people to be fit in as well. And very clever. It's very clever, Michael. It's it's peak Kieran Gillen. Mm. Is what it is. And so Very Beowulf nice. goes on a bloody monster hunt, Michael, and he finds the lads on the the old motorway and oh things ensue. They do away with him fairly quick though, don't they? Yeah, but you see that's cause that's because, Michael, that's because there's much more to come. It's the modern world. Benjamin. Yes. I wasn't enamoured with the design of Grendel. I think it's very hard to design Grendel though, because I've never seen a, a compelling Grendel. He's just a big beastie boy. He's just a big green fella. But then... Yeah. I for, for some reason... I don't know how, Ben. Yeah. I don't know how. I don't know what's wrong with me. Go on. But for some reason, the very obvious progression of Beowulf showing up and then Grendel and then Grendel's mother. Every time I was like, oh my God, it's Grendel's mother. <laughs> what? In fairness, that scene is done to perfection, Michael. <laughs> Rarely mm, like, have I ever seen it done so well. Sometimes, Michael, when you're reading a comic, you can see when they're trying to set up timing or a, a scare or something like that, and it just falls flat. Mm. Not in this one. No. <laughs> and it's done Very so good. well because Bridget's like, shut up. Stop. Yeah. Stop talking. Don't say it. Don't say <laughs> Grendel's mother. Oh, no, now you've been killed by Grendel's mother. That was your own fault. Yeah, tit. Um, and uh, Grendel's mother is horrific. Yes, Benjamin, I was expecting her to be much sexier. Oh, Michael, you were, I'd say you were let down there. I was. I was very much let down by that. Angelina Jolie has a lot to answer for. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you see, Grendel's mum isn't that sexy. Well, she is in the Angelina Jolie film. I was expecting Ray Winston to rock up. He didn't. Ray Winstone. Ray Winstone. He was too busy being Russian. Or misogynistic. Yeah, a Russian misogynist. Ben. Yeah. <laughs> What was, what was, where was I, I going? I'll tell you what though I'll tell what? you what though I liked it I liked it a lot uh, It's very good Michael As you said It's a romp a minute There were a couple of things That took me out of it though Go on now And none more None more Took me out of it Than the gratuitous cameo From the boys from Hot Fuzz What the fuck was that Michael? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't I mean, I I see the appeal of it. I do. I get. I get. I got the joke. I didn't. Because the whole they foreshadow the joke, or he foreshadows the joke earlier in the comic by saying, "The local small town cops are going to be coming with their hero complexes." Oh, okay. But, 
and then they show up and it's uh, bloody Simon Pegg himself. Sergeant Nicholas Pegg. Angel. And then he gets killed. But his name is Luke. Yeah, I did. For did. some reason. Why not just call him Nick? Why yeah, not go home with Nick. the joke? Go all in or go home. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, weird. He gets decimated by Grendel in two seconds flat. Uh, two seconds. It it just really took me out of it. It was like a... It was a... It was a scary movie level of gag. Yeah, there's there's a few moments like that. Did you catch? Uh, did you catch Ar- Arthur's joke? Go on. <laughs> He's. It's when Galahad is strapped to the table after being cut in half by Bridget's uh, conniving, and he says, yes. "Your screams are truly mighty, mightiest hero, mightiest lungs." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" Stop being so mean Arthur Stop cracking jokes Arthur You prick He's got no legs He's got no legs I think at one stage Arthur says His legs have really been Cut out from under him He just needed the David Caruso sunglasses And the And the CSI Miami theme to play Yeah He's bizarre He's so dismissive as well He's like you won't die You've, You've survived the siege perilous You won't die I think Ben, did you know the Siege Perilous is the empty seat at the round table for the one who finally finds the Holy Grail? Get out of town. Yeah, yeah, I just learned that just now. I'd ben, say though, the guy who told you that is probably sexy. Probably you fucking absolute bullshit. <laughs> ben, there's so many colours. Oh, and I like how I like how colours are integrated as part of the story. Such colours, Michael. Hmm. It's a great way to tell the difference between reality and the other world. Yeah, what's going on that's weird and what's going on that's normal. It's nicely done. I, I think it's a great way to distinguish between the pair. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think watching the whole Grendel saga play out, it's so gory, Michael, and there's great moments of humanity in it as well. Um, we lose the lovely gardener. The lovely gardener, the poor old taxi driver. The poor old taxi driver, Michael, really got me. Mm. I was like, he was Don't getting like home. it. He was getting home to his missus. That was cruel. There's no need. Yeah. There was probably a nice Chinese waiting for him. Bloody Chinese. Some chicken ball, a chicken ball chip. Yeah, it would have been good, but did we get that, Michael? No, he lost his arm and that was that. He got, he got, everyone's getting their arms chopped off and dying of lack of arms. It's one of the key things in the Grendel myth. He takes people's arms. Hmm. And then you're like, oh, I've died of lack of arms. Beowulf does it, Grendel does it. It's a whole thing about losing your arm. Mm. Very unpleasant. Yeah, it's not great, but uh, sorry, I completely cut you off there, Michael. The colours, great. So many colours, Ben. Yes. Oh, so many art. So so many art. Dan Moore is really at the top of his game, Muggle, to my mind. Yes. I think yes. I think the man is a master of his craft. I think he he draws action beautifully, um, which is something we really don't get enough of, Muggle. Um, he just does it really, really well. It's always fluid, always consistent. Where is he from, Ben? Dan Mora is Spanish. Okay, because there's just a panel there and just on cursory first glance I would have sworn that was the church on Foster's Avenue outside UCD. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> Imagine Dan Moore is from bloody Dublin. He's from bloody uh, Black Rock or something. Yeah, the, de- the, the, detail, the detail in the real world and then the wishy-washy colour-y-wollerlies of the other world. So good. It's like Labyrinth with David Bowie. <laughs> mm. So bloody but flexible. I would argue better. I really enjoyed this. I liked every minute of it, except when when Nick Pegg was in it for some reason. For Simon some Pegg. bizarre reason. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it's that's, one of it's one of the great failings of it as a comic. Really. I just I didn't like it at all. You're I just like why? I, I can't get over it. Benjamin. Yes. I would gladly read more of this. Is this still going? It is. It is. There's a bloody volume three, Michael. Oh, don't do any spoilies. And there might be a volume four, and I might have volume three, and I might give it to you tomorrow, so you can have a bloody continuous read. No. What you'll want to do, Ben, is give it to me about 15 minutes before we have to do a podcast on it. Oh, okay. I'll save it till then, then. As per protocol. Yeah. Um, sorry, Dan Morris from Costa Rica, by the way. Um, oh. want, want to get that right. That wouldn't have been fair otherwise. Um, is there a Foster's Avenue in Costa Rica? I mean, there might be. Hmm, there there might be. Uh, Michael, I tell you another thing that took me out of it a little bit. And, uh, Go on. Kind of, kind of uh, sunk the lead there at the end for me. Just, just didn't... Right. Uh, didn't didn't do very well for me. It's the introduce the introduction of making fun of Boris Johnson. Oh, I knew it was Boris Johnson. Yeah, so it's supposed to be Boars, who's a famous knight in Arthurian close legend. Enough. And as Merlin said, close enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm Merlin. I'm a horrible old Merlin. Uh, so basically, the Arthurian court, the the evil Arthurian court here has somehow conscripted Boris Johnson into the thing. Because here's the thing, Bridget, Duncan and Rose are all part of an elite organisation, an elite wing of the government. Yes. Um, that is a secret department that is dedicated to maintaining this shite. Keeping people free from stories. Yeah, exactly. And now Boris Johnson has a little snuffle around it and he's like, well, I want to bloody know. I'll bloody find out I'm from Eton boys Yes And I'll bloody I'll bloody uh, Root it out <laughs> um, That's not I, how he sounds I No it's not at all We're both kind of edging more Into Senator David Norris Or more, Winston more than, Churchill <laughs> More than More than Boris Johnson But anyway uh, Senator David Johnson I tell you what Ben Very good to have an opportunity To, to get Boris Johnson onto the podcast He'd probably come on if we told him that it'd get rid of, I don't know, get him a few votes. He'd probably yeah, come yeah, on no, uh, yeah. and bumble his way through. But anyway, I didn't uh, didn't love that, Michael. Again, took me out of it a little bit. I was like, I don't know why you have to make a point here. Um, I don't think the implication was that... Now, maybe you've read further and there's more repercussions of this. But that's not certainly how I read it. I read that he on. was like... He was going to go poking around in it because of his curiosity or his desire to be in charge and that was going to cause problems yeah. more so that he, than he was a baddie. He's not, no, no, he's, um, I, I don't think it's set up as a baddie either. I just think it's unusual to to work that in there. Again, I suppose the whole, the theme of the whole um, comic, Michael, volume one and two is a misunderstanding of English hit, uh, history and mm. the perils of uh, an ignorant nationalism. Oh, so Benjamin Yes I suppose one of the funniest things About the whole thing Was that they were in the British Museum Yeah And they stole the British stuff <laughs> For a change For a change Yeah <laughs> Just museums <laughs> full of other people's stuff Yeah, yeah. As James yeah, yeah. It's lucky they didn't bump into It's like they did Lucky they didn't bump into Amun-Ra <laughs> Imagine those Zeus. stories getting out Yeah Imagine Zeus getting out He's like Where's the rest of the bloody Elgin marbles you bastards Where's the pantheon you fucks <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd read that comic, Michael. I'd read that comic. Yeah, that'd be um, interesting. Come here to me, Michael. Final, final closing thoughts there. Oh, do I have to do some closing thoughts? I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite comics that we've read in quite a while. Probably the favorite, my favorite collecting issue of this year. Ooh. I would say. 
I oh. really thoroughly enjoyed it. Everything about it, Ben, I liked. If I could rip out that page with fucking Simon Pegg on it and just eat it, then I'd be a very happy man. <laughs> I just hated that page. <laughs> I just hated it. It's so interesting because for other people, that'll be like a highlight. They'll be like, that was yeah, great. I, I, yeah, it was funny, wasn't it, when he had Simon Pegg in it and then he got killed. I, I don't just, I, I so. find I find the concept of killing Simon Pegg very upsetting. Yeah, he's a national treasure, Michael. Not our national treasure, but a national treasure. No, that's what they stole him and put him in the British Museum. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it's a great comic, Michael. I think it's peak storytelling. I think it's uh, very, very cool interpretations of mythology. I think Dan Mora's aces. I've loved Dan Mora's work for years and years. Um, I think Kieran Gillen writes a bloody good comic. Yeah. A bloody good comic. Um, mm. And I like big evil Skeletor Arthur. I don't know. I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit sidelined in this, you could argue. It's not yeah. It's not the perfect comic. Like, the the main villain is a bit sidelined into... He doesn't really do anything. He's a bit ineffectual. He's he's a bit of a pawn in this. Yes. And then the, the, the real villain of Merlin, a bit... You know, not terribly engaging, but the monsters they send are really cool. the The lead mm. again, the lead you could argue the lead character is by his def by definition or by necessity a bit of a cipher. Yeah, and he's a bit of an everyman. But you know, he's not the most exciting. Um, but you know, it's 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 far from the perfect comic, but it's definitely absolutely great. It's one of my yeah. one of my favorites of the year for sure. Oh look, it was bloody good, Michael. It was a great L time. Yes, yes, yes. Very uh, good. Look at all the colours. So many colours. Oh, look at them all. Anyway. Uh, anyway, what would you uh, what would you recommend if people enjoyed this, Michael? Volume one. Yeah, <laughs> bloody good. Uh, I also think going on. I think Masters of the Universe Revelations on Netflix might tickle your wiggle. Do you think so? Uh, here and there. I don't know. I don't know if people love Masters of the Universe Revelations. It was... Uh, Oh, the bloody trailer <laughs> came out for part two, though. Oh, it did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, what else might you enjoy? I've tried to think, Michael. I think this is a very unique comic. It is. You wouldn't enjoy the Green Knight because it's it's. Although they're both based on, if if the thing that you love about this is creepy Arthurian legend, you might enjoy the film The Green Knight with Dev Patel. Yes. But it's it's very tonally and thematically different. The Green Knight's a creepy film, Michael. It's very slow. It's very slow, very unnerving. Very uh, slow. I d- I don't think it's I don't think it's what people are going to like. I think you should just I think you should just bloody have a go with this, Michael. Have a go of it. Have a go of it. It's have very a go good. Of volume 1. Um join us ladies and gentlemen in 2 weeks time where we'll be taking a look at Something is Eating the Children volume 2. It's another volume 2, Michael. Oh, it's sequels. So sequels ahoy this week. Sequels ahoy this week. We see these are two Michael. I felt bad, Michael, cuz I've given you a rake of shite comics recently. Um, oh, very bad. We've had we've been through a rough patch. <laughs> we've been through a rough patch, Michael. So I I went back and I had a look at at two comics that we really enjoyed, and one was Once in Future Volume One, and the other was Something Is Eating the Children Volume One. So I said I'll just do the oh, sequels good. to those, and that'll that'll be our slump buster. Oh, good. And then can we do something shite again? Yeah, then we can do something shite again. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to give us your thoughts and opinions on creepy Skeletor Arthur and his whole gang of shenanigans, uh, or if you'd like to suggest something to be read on this here book club, do do get in touch with us in a number of different ways. You can find us on the interwebs at www.seomrabeug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. 
It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Collecting Issues uh, Podcast. I still haven't updated that at all. I should still really get on there. That. There's just one picture. There's one image. Just Tell hanging around. Just hanging around. Um, so that's up there as well. Uh, you can get in touch with us in a bunch of places. But the best place, ladies and gentlemen, to get in touch with us. Yes. Is to hop up on that Discord, baby. Hop up on it. The link is down below there in the description. It's a great time. Great time. We have lots of banter, lots of pop culture discussions. Get up on it. Hop up on it. I, I suppose that's it from us this week, Michael. I'm off to go stick a sword in a stone. I'm going to go and pull a sword out of a stone. What a coincidence. What a quinky dink. All right. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Or two weeks' time. <laughs>